Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. Hello, I hope you guys are having a great Monday. I had a few minutes here, so I thought I would go ahead and go over one of the other topics that were suggested to me a few times. I don't talk a lot about co-parenting with narcissists and abusive people. Um, it's a complicated topic, so I haven't really done a lot of videos on this topic, so we'll, we'll definitely start to focus more on that. Co-parenting, yeah, so I'm sure that some of you have done some research and seen that uh, one of the popular things that are said is that you can't really co-parent with a narcissist. It's more like counter-parenting, not co-parenting, but counter-parenting. Um, and I would say that's generally true. Um, so just really quickly, I just want to talk about how difficult it is when someone is getting a divorce and there are children involved and one of the parents is a narcissist or is an abusive and manipulative um, type of person. Uh, that person is going to do things that will poison the children against the healthier parent. They're going to make life difficult uh, as much as possible. They're going to, um, it depends on the status, meaning like if the person you're divorcing is happy you're getting a divorce, then they may not be um, as prone to making it super difficult. I mean, there are some narcissists that are like, okay, yeah, let's get a divorce, bye. Um, and then there are other people who are super controlling and jealous, and no matter what, they're always going to try to get you to come back to them, or they're going to try to affect you in some way. You know, you're going to be in a walker, like 80 years old, and this person's still going to try to poke at you in some way, shape, or form. You'll be going to, you know, your your grandchildren's bar mitzvah, and he'll be there, you know, and you guys will be 80, 80 years old, and he's still going to say some shit to you. You know, it's it, sometimes there are parents uh, or, or ex-partners who just latch on and won't let go, and then sometimes you have those that just want to continue on without you, but they're going to um, develop a lifestyle, bring new people in that you don't approve of, they're going to parent in ways that you don't approve of, um, and it's, it's, it feels very um, scary to hand your kids over to someone that you full know well is emotionally abusive and psychologically abusive, and who also um, is actively seeking to villainize you, mischaracterize you, um, and run a smear campaign. Well, you know, unfortunately, some of those things are, are just a fact of life when you're a survivor of narcissistic abuse. There will be smear campaigns. Um, there will be poisoning going on. There will be um, that counter-parenting stuff is, is definitely something that happens. Um, 
and there's not a whole lot you can do to stop it from happening. But let me just say that if you have the option, I, I have some clients that they're already legally in a situation where that person really doesn't have rights to the kids. Um, boy, go right ahead and take advantage of that. If you just happen to be that lucky um, and there's nothing legally binding you to that person with the children, you know, take advantage of that if you can. Uh, because there are some people that would love to be in that situation. Uh, so, you know, here we are, let's say it's after the divorce and, you know, we're starting with the um, co-parenting with an abusive ex-partner. Um, if you have the option, if you're engaged in legal proceedings and you can have your lawyer um, request this, I would suggest using one of the uh, family communication apps or systems that are used by the court system where you're only allowed to communicate within that setting or within that um, app. So one of them is called Our Family Wizard. Um, and that you can schedule things on a calendar, you can um, have uh, exchange bills to be paid and money to be paid within that app. So one really great way to avoid conflict and also to always sort of have a witness to interactions is to only interact via our family wizard or another type of app like that. Um, but if you're not communicating using one of those apps, I do recommend communicating in writing and communicating as little as possible with the toxic parent. Um, a lot of us feel antsy, anxious, panicky, and we want to sort of keep an eye on that person and what they're doing and what they, what they were even wearing when they picked the kids up and, you know, did the kids text, so they didn't, where are they, and, you know, obsessing over what's going on with the other parent um, when they're, you know, coming and going with the children and, and things like that. And it can become quite consuming uh, just being worried about all of it, you know. Um, it's really hard. It's difficult, and you want to protect your kids, but part of you wants to set the record straight. Part of you wants for the kids to know the truth because you know that, you're on the side of truth, um, but it's not appropriate, uh, it's not age appropriate, and the courts don't like it um, when you tell the children things that aren't appropriate for them to know, and they call that, you know, adult things. So, um, you know, we're not in a position of being able to disclose a lot to our kids, and we shouldn't, because it's not necessarily the best thing, but at the same time, we do need to be honest with our kids. And you can be honest in an age-appropriate way. You can be honest in a healthy, acceptable way. Um, and for those of you who are really good with kids, you know what I'm talking about. There are ways to say things um, that a kid can understand. Um, we just have to be sort of crafty and creative with that. But, you know, what are you supposed to do, right? What are you supposed to do? Try to be the soft landing place. Try to be the place where when, you know, they are not getting their emotional needs met, their psychological needs met, or their environmental needs met at their at the other parent's house. Try to make sure that the environment that you provide at your house is the healthy one and that you're healthy and that you model healthiness by the way you live your life. 
Um, and that includes continuing to set boundaries with children that you feel guilty that you're getting a divorce. You feel guilty, you know, you're breaking up the family, right? Well, sometimes that lets us, that makes us be more permissive as a parent um, and more rewarding and we're not um, taking things away as much and we're not saying no as much because we feel guilty about the situation. So you want to still maintain, you know, your firmness and boundaries um, and, and be imposing consequences when necessary. But at the same time, you're the parent that they can talk to about their innermost feelings and feel safe about that. They can experiment with different, you know, parts of their identity with you and they're safe doing that with you. Um, so you remain the empathetic, understanding, non-judgmental parent and you stay the healthiest version of yourself as you can be, working on yourself, doing your self-care, setting boundaries, um, and, and that's about as best as you can do. Take care of yourself, make sure you're healthy, and provide a healthy environment for them for when you do have them. Um, we will talk a lot more about this um, in, in, in more depth for sure. Um, I don't have a whole lot of time today, but I just wanted to give you something to start with, and that is that, you know, co-parenting with this person may not be possible. Um, this is a new reality that you'll have to face. Um, the other thing is, is that when the kids go with that person, as long as there's nothing that's like, you know, seriously endangering them, you know, it's kind of none of your business what their life is like with that other parent and I know that's hard to hear but that's how divorce works um, you know there's another household now with other rules and other routines and hopefully that's a healthy and happy setting but in a lot of situations it's not but at least your kids have you and the health and the healthy happy setting that you're working so hard to create in your home okay so you just make sure that that's something that you have prioritized and that's something that you definitely can do but what we can't do is try to control what's happening at the other person's house. Um, that's not something we're going to be able to stay on top of. Um, wind up driving yourself crazy. So there's a, there's an element of sort of letting go, too. Um, and then you know, some people look at this like. I'm going to be a single parent now. How am I going to do this without, you know, the help of my partner? I'm a single parent now. I'm going to go ahead and bet and say you have been a single parent already. I'm going to go ahead and say without even knowing you that if you're divorcing a narcissist, they've been wrapped up in themselves this whole time and you're the one that's been doing especially the emotional labor. Um, and in most circumstances, not only are they not a partner, but they're like having an additional child to take care of. So it's not that you are all of a sudden going to be without all the support that you had. You didn't have it to begin with. Maybe they were there to help with transportation or to be a warm body, you know, or to show up for the sports events when everyone's watching, um, you know, or for the awards or whatever. They'll show up for that stuff. But when the kid is, you know, uh, puking all night and, and or feeling like they're... Um, you know, having issues with self-esteem or identity or get their feelings hurt by a classmate or get get dumped by a boyfriend, you're going to be the one that they want to talk to about those things. 
Uh, a toxic abusive parent is going to screw up in those moments. They're going to say the wrong thing because they don't have the, the emotional intelligence, the empathy or intuition to really know how to meet the child where they are emotionally. Um, so, like I said, I just wanted to start touching on these co-parenting topics. I'm going to um, end the video now. We'll get more into it later. But um, please continue to send me ideas, including on this specific topic of parenting um, with an ex-partner who is a narcissist or who is abusive or manipulative. Um, and I will see you Wednesday morning. We're going to do grieving the abuser. Grieving the abuser. That'll be Wednesday morning. And I'll see you then. Have a good day. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at the official SNAP. Thanks for listening.